0: Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of The Undead Wookiee. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at The Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Now, I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you, but this is a very, very special episode. I hope you enjoy. (music) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we have a very special episode here this evening because I can honestly say that I am joined um, by my, well, yeah, my two oldest friends. Obviously, I am joined by my regular co-host, the one, the only, the mighty powerful, Mr. Leighton Winston. Mr. Leighton Winston, how the devil are you, sir? I'm absolutely shitting myself, but yeah, I'm really good, man, I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other end, I am joined by my good friend. Uh, now, some of you may know him from uh, his one of his films, um, The Adventures of Chester McGarnagle" and the Perilous Cavern of Doom. Um, <laughs> I am joined by the one, the only... Mr. Gareth Evans, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad you
1: introduced us as friends because I was wondering if we were going to have to pretend not to know each other for this. So this I is think... a good. This is a good start off point. This is yeah, good...
0: yeah. Because otherwise, you'll <laughs> come across as if I'm just some kind of mad stalker. <laughs> 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 yeah. but, you, but you are. But you are. <laughs> Look, the, I told. I said this to my wife. I said we would. I knew we were destined to be together the first time I saw you through my night vision. so so we are joined of course by mr gareth evans of the raid movie fame and of course most recently the netflix movie the apostle so we're going to sort of meander around um various various points as we normally do but of course we're here to talk about the apostle um and I'm going to say this now and get this out of the way because everybody would say, "Well, this is a slightly biased conversation." Because you're, you know, I've got to be honest with you. I absolutely loved it. I was fortunate to be there at the Welsh premiere for it. Um, so thank you for the invite, and it was a free bar, which is always helpful. Excellent. Um, <laughs> and of course, I genuinely believe this is one of the, those films that is that it will be held um, right up there um, in the pantheon of British folk horror films. Um, so I think it's only fair, really, that we, um, that we kick it off with, you know, a few questions about, sort of, uh, where we, you know, where did your inspiration come from? And, um, you know, we'll just go from there. So, let's kick it off with, so, where was your idea for the Apostle? Where did you get, where did that initial shell come from, with that that, that, that little, sort of, that that seed?
1: This is going to be really weird now, because, like, I've... I've, I've told, I've told this story like, you know, before in the press and I've always kind of referenced, I've said like, yeah, the first, first, first seed of the parcel came from a short film that we were shooting yeah. in my man's house. <laughs> so this is, this is where it gets really strange. Just like this, was like back, back in, what was it? 2004,
0: 2005?
1: Yeah. It's two, it must have yeah, been. Yeah. Um, we we actually uh, we actually shot the short film where who you played um the the you go, a brother had gone missing yeah uh, and then emma powell emma was playing the 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 sister that turned up to try to find you, yeah, and that all was left behind was like an envelope with a rose petal in it and some soil and so it's really weird now that I'm talking to you specifically about this, because that was the short film that you were in. Yeah. Um, and we, we shot half of it. I think I, I can't remember how much, how much we got done, but um, it was back in the days when, you know, we, we was just like, quick, we've got a Saturday free Let's, let's, let's shoot something. Let's quickly get something done. Yeah. And so, you know, Matt Flannery was the cinematographer for that as well. Even <laughs> so it, It's really got a weirdly shared history throughout. And, uh, that was the first. The first incarnation of it was that, and that I I, I had done obviously Moranto and the Raid film, so I'd done three martial arts films on the bounce, and I, I kind of didn't want to do a fourth one straight away afterwards. Yeah, um, and so I was looking for something that could challenge me. And having done Safe Haven, Short for VHS two, and then you knowing when I wanted to flex the horror muscle again, looking back on the ideas, that idea uh, of that that central plot line of a sibling switch for another sibling and that prop became um the the initial seed then that gave birth to what apostle became
0: yeah i mean i think it's fair to say i i got off pretty light in the short film compared to <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think, I think i think i think in the short film that we did the worst thing i made you do was walk through a forest in your bare feet wearing just a dressing gown if yeah, i remember yeah right. yeah, that yeah. Was probably about I, it yeah
2: i actually asked you if i could have a copy of red uh, red um, Rose petals, sorry uh, and he said there's no fucking chance whatsoever you were going to see that <laughs>
1: there was, um, there's, there's, there's only the, the the only thing that remains from it is is some footage I found actually about a year ago Jesus. um I have it on a hard drive somewhere it was a rough cut of whatever we did shoot that day um and it's it's weird history. Really, <laughs> yeah, I look back at it and I'm thinking like oh god, okay, um that was the story we were telling, was it? It is just really unusual. Um, but yeah. It was it was fun, it was good, it was it was you know, we we, we shot an awful lot in my nan's house, she was really supportive and um, it's a weird thing. it's like we had a in that short film we had a prop. It was like a raffle ticket. Yeah. The Lawrence raffle ticket that we stuck to the television so Emma could peel it off, like as if it had come through the screen and she would peel the raffle ticket off the screen. It would be a way in her hands. And I remember we had that that prop, but I remember telling my nan, because we we didn't finish that day, obviously. We got halfway through yeah. the shoot. I remember saying to her, I said, oh, do me a favor look after this because we're going to come back and finish a short film soon. Um, And I need that prop, but I know I'm going to lose it if it's with me. And so she did, she looked after it and she had that, she had that little raffle ticket, then she kept it. And um, even after, you know, cause, cause that was before we did, before we did footsteps. Yes. That was before we did anything else. And then, You know, so then after footsteps and we did the, I did the documentary thing with Matt and Meyer out in Indonesia and then I ended up moving to Indonesia and I lived there for like seven, eight years. (laughs) And it was like, I was like, it it had been seven years, eight years probably. And I remember every time I'd phone back to my nan and the first question would always be like, oh, she'd always say like, oh, I watched this wonderful film the other day. And it was always like, oh, well, what is it? Well, well four films you've seen. Because I knew it would be something. My, my nan had pretty dark taste because of me. <laughs> she had to babysit me all the time when we were kids. And so, you know, I'd be like, well, all right, well, what is it? And she'd go off and check her TV guide and come back. And be like, oh, it was a wonderful film. You could watch it and watch it and watch it. I was like, what is it, nan? What is it? What is it? Go, Kill Bill. It was amazing. But um second thing was always that uh, she had that raffle ticket and she still had it. It's and amazing. so... Um, she, she always looked after, it. she kept saying like, oh, still got that raffle ticket anytime you want to come back and make that short film. So yeah, it was kind of sweet in a way that, um, you know, obviously like when I sadly passed halfway through the shoot of a parcel, mm. but, um, I got to tell her before that we were going to go off and actually finally get around to finish making it but I didn't need the ticket anymore and then she said like oh god for that I've lost it so, <laughs> uh, so you know it, it, you know it, was, it, it came around full circle pretty nicely so yeah at least she I I I I'd like to think that she's probably watching some version of Netflix up there probably getting into trouble for it actually to be honest yeah. considering the film <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah
2: that's, that's a really cool story actually though. it's fair play fair play yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean it's, I think I, would, I recently read um, the Bruce Campbell's autobiography uh, If Chins Could Kill uh, it's, really it's really amazing. And I gotta be honest with you, I'd like to be able to tell some, you know, sort of evil dead-esque stories about sort of, you know, being tortured, uh, <laughs> during the, however, the, you know, the worst I got off was me walking bare through, barefoot through, through the, <laughs>
1: through the world. Oh, I don't know, mate. What about the zombie short film we tried doing?
0: Oh, what? When you covered me in, um, it awful, awful for We're about good. 25. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, that wasn't the worst thing. The worst thing was,
1: uh, Cause uh, so so I explained it later. So we were doing this short film, right? And the short film we were going to make was basically like, it, you know, it, was, it, was, it was it was it was it was all the rage back then, right? <laughs> so that was smart idea was to make um like a said, almost like a public service information video that was like. Or the best methods through which you could kill a zombie. So it was like the idea that they, they had this zombie that they had chained up that they were using literally to be the, uh, that they would keep reanimating and keep killing and reanimating and keep killing just to be able to have this little PSA video on, and what's the best way to, to, to survive a, a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And, um, and, and so who played the zombie? But, um, I think the most discomfort who came aside from the fact that we did a whole gag of his, Stomach being cut open and awful for falling out. <laughs> Literally awful that we got from Herwin Butchers the morning of the show. Delster's Butchers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in a black bin bag. Um, oh, also, also worse than that, in the height of summer, <laughs> um, there's no fridge anywhere nearby. It was, it was disgusting for a start, right? But not only that, but um it was the fact that before we even got to set for some unknown reason you decided to put the zombie contact lenses oh. in your eyes before you fucking drove to set <laughs> and then he got the set with his eyes really uncomfortable because hey he put them in himself and then he was like oh I can't I can't wear these <laughs> took him out so it was like a zombie but with like human eyes <laughs> <It was just laughs> carrying a, a, a carrier bag of awful <laughs> <It was just laughs> oh. oh god so, I, I t- funny you shouldn't
2: the questions I had down was regarding the river of that that is in a parcel, the, the, the like the river of blood and everything that uh, you made Dan Stevens go through. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is rank," and it it
1: looked, it looked rank, and it must have been rank. <laughs> it, it was. It was. Um... I think it was more cold than any, it was, it was, cause it was a ton of water. It was all water and it was just slightly colored and, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. in reality of it, it's just lots of bits of, uh, foam that you chop up and bits of like, you know, rubber tubing that you chop up yeah. and you know, prop gristle and things. You just, you just kind of like, you, there's like <laughs> the one thing, the one difference between having who hold a carry bag full of real awful and, and then, Finally then, in a situation where it's a, it's an actual proper shoot in, 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 in with a parcel, is like, you know, there are lots of guidelines and regulations. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, the, the water has to be like, you know, tested, the pH values of water has to be tested, has to be made sure that it's sterile, made sure that it's, it's safe yeah, yeah. for the, for anyone to get in. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to seep through the water into their eyes or into any in orifice and stuff like that um and so and so so yeah it was it wasn't that bad it was just more it was hard to maintain the temperature of the of the water because obviously we were it was a massive amount of water we were in in and out in swansea Bay studios and it was pretty cold at the time anyway and so they had the heater in there and they kept we kept chucking in like kettles worth of hot water and stuff like that you know like big industrial sized kettles of water in there but um you know yeah i mean if you if when poor dan when he's in there for 10 11 hours it ain't fun, like, there's just no part of that that's nice, you know? Oh,
0: well, all I gotta say is, fucking pussy, I had real meat. So... Uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you... From the local butchers as well. Yes. <laughs>
1: you, know, you, know, you know, one of the things I'll never forget from that short film shoot was this, because we did, we had that awful nearby us, I think we shot that awful shot, maybe we did it before lunch as well. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or it was just near there. I remember I remember being dis- absolutely disgusting and vile. And then when lunch came round, it was like no one wanted to eat properly <laughs> except, for, except for Adam, my cousin, yeah. right? Who was playing one of those, who ate an entire bucket of Chinese chicken wings. Like, and I was like, I don't know where he got the, the appetite from. So
0: There's just no chance. So I wasn't going anywhere near it. All I can remember about those contact lenses was driving, uh, <laughs> driving through Dallas, thinking it's getting really blurry. And and people keep beeping the horn at me. <laughs> Just imagine if you've been imagine if you had been pulled over by the police. Oh my God! would you've done. You explained yourself. I would have, I would have tried the old <laughs> and see what would have happened. Can you imagine that. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry, constable. I'm about to play a zombie in a short film. <laughs>
0: And that excuse
2: has probably been used as well. Probably. Yeah.
0: You can <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine the police officer looking at me going, look, boy, crack is a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're about 2 miles away from Panwa.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 See, right now this into, this Q&A got very colloquial very quick. <laughs> uh,
2: we're a local podcast for
0: local people. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know when you're looking at the the sort of uh, the cast For the apostle, I mean, you've got Michael Sheen. Obviously, is he's he's a very you know he's he's a huge name. He is a massive. So, at what point did he come on board for it? He came on board maybe about I want
1: to say about two three weeks before pre production was going to start. Right. So I I think it was something like that. I can't remember exactly. We I think I think we it was it was getting dan and michael in place that unlocked everything for us yeah yeah and that's when netflix were like okay good we're good now we can go and set off and right. so that that's that's when we were all right with it and i i met michael in a restaurant in port talbot you know uh which is obviously where he's from
3: yeah
1: yeah um port talbot not the restaurant i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yeah not
0: that specific. and when you say restaurant um, do you mean kebab house <laughs> no it was a proper restaurant <laughs> it was lovely actually um, it was but he was like
1: he was really friendly really nice good guy and we we sat down we chatted about the script we chatted about the story i you know and then he kind of like obviously he read the script and he was talking about like some of his sort of like concerns and things he would want to see in the next pass and stuff like that. And, and to me, so in that process i i like to keep it quite open yeah. and and flexible because you know, it's like this. In in the same way that you know, I can I can give it my best shot at writing what a nineteen year old girl is going to speak like. You know, I'm not exactly pulling from my own personal experiences for that.
0: Um, so, I'm sure we've got some photos lurking somewhere <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that says yeah. something different. <laughs> yeah. But, um, moving on.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, so so my, what Michael brought was a huge amount of experience and a huge amount of knowledge. And, um, you know, one of the things he said, which which I felt was a major sort of, like, bonus and, and, and a benefit to this film and to the storyline was that he wanted that, um, he wanted that sort of separation, in, in a way, of the three antagonists. He wanted them to feel like they each had their own like their own their own element they brought to the film, so they weren't just too similar in terms of their their goals and their missions and stuff like that. Because I think in an earlier draft it was pretty much three men on the hunt, yeah. And so what it turned into was obviously you know uh, Paul Higgins' character Frank starting to become a little bit complacent and a little bit sort of like you know unsettled with his with his status on the on the island, Um and then with you know Mark Lewis Jones' character of Quinn started i mean i spoke to mark when i met with him and he kind of started, cited brutus as an inspiration we started talking about this idea that there might be something militaristic about quinn yeah, um, yeah and so then that kind of like fed into that and there was i mean the plan was always for quinn to usurp malcolm um you know how like a three a two-thirds of the way through the film but like to really start sowing those seeds of sort of like you know discord between the three people and 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 that kind of started to come about through like you know in more in more detail through the readings so like we'd be sat down together and then when we did the scene up in the loft of the yeah the the, the tavern when they they sliced the guy's throat um all three of them react very very differently from each other so frank looks away in absolute terror michael kind of looks at it and watches it but is you know, shook to his core mm. Quinn just wipes his knife clean so like, you know, it was like three people having totally different reactions to the same event then and it kind of helped, you know, give uh, a, a separation it made them all individuals as opposed to you know, three bad guys so to speak
2: Yeah, j- 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 I've not made a film um, but having been on a film set um, I, I, I often think that there's, there's always that collaborative um experience between director actors the other actors you know and there's got to be a, I've always thought a little bit of sort of um, mobility amongst them all you know just to what uh, to have um, I don't know whether this is speaking uh, you know to you as a director whether you're, you're quite open for those slight changes um, you know those slight ideas because I, I can imagine some directors being very regimental to the script and you know there's got to be the script it's got to be the script are you, are you one of those type of directors or are you um, are you quite open to a little a bit of chain there no i'm quite I,
1: I stay quite open because it's you know it's why i've never understood anyone who directs wanting to limit what a person can bring to it yeah it's yeah, like it's yeah. like for me it's so counterproductive it's like why would you why would you want to stop someone from being able to give you a good idea like yeah. that, that, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day and it's like Absolute, yeah 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 and,
3: totally. and for me
1: it's like we we sit down and we chat about it for like two weeks before and then i will go through then and take on board their notes and put those into the script and we will keep changing things along the way and we keep like you know working on it it doesn't it's not like massive major structural changes that happen when you shoot in, but it's it might be you know, you 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 just play things out, and you start to get to you know the characters better as you go in through the process, and you start to realize, you know what? Maybe the character wouldn't actually behave like this. Maybe the yeah. character wouldn't say this. Yeah. So you know, we started playing with it. Like there was one scene it, we we never actually got to shoot it because we got rained off on 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 the day of the shoot, but we had one scene where it was um post the the tunnel sequence, and yeah. it was going to be before Dan wakes up in the cave and everything else. Blah 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 blah, blah. and it was going to be. Um a scene of Frank and Quinn and Malcolm gathering together in the village at night after everyone else has gone to bed. and basically is like Malcolm and Frank. Malcolm has you know brought Frank back to the the village on horseback after they've met at the tunnel and exit, and Quinn's been waiting for him. and Quinn has been like holding Malcolm's stick for the last sort of like you know ten minutes or so because he's been off on his horse. And, um, in that scene, we, you know, it was like this, it was never planned. We never really discussed it, but when we did blocking for it before we got ringed off, yeah. um, Mark had this interesting thing where he just, he just kept the stick go over his shoulder. He just held it up high over his shoulder. And when Michael got off his horse, he just kept holding onto it. Yeah. And then there was a moment Then we were talking in the block. And I remember, you know, there was a thing we were like, uh, at what point should, should I get the stick back one of Michael's questions, and then Mark, being Quinn, would have said something like, "My character will choose when I give you the stick back." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this, was, this was this was the starting point of him feeling you know grudge a grudge against Malcolm. Yeah, and it was yeah. just really interesting to see them. You know, and it's like, and I was like, when I heard Mark say that, I was like, absolutely, of course, that is exactly what Quinn would do. That, you know, I, and I, it was just,
2: I imagine that's 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 really quite, quite sad because your, 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 your actors then, are, you know, they're embracing what you've, you know, you've wanted the development to roll out like and they, they're, they're, they're uh, expanding on it and, you know, they're pushing it a little bit further probably to the point where you were going oh my god, yeah, that actually does really, really work.
1: Yeah, absolutely 100% and it's like, and it's sometimes it's the things that surprise you and it's, it's the willingness it's like, I didn't know that Mark was going to at the top of Jeremy's head after he cut the hair off I had no idea he was going to do that yeah. and then when he, when he did it on one take I was like oh can you also put a lock of his hair in your pocket uh, and yeah. so we, we, yeah, so we yeah. just start yeah. like, adding details on top you just start adding it around it was yeah. the same with um, like when we did the, the Raid 2 as well I remember you know, we, we talked to, I talked to Julie who played Hammer Girl um, yeah. about the scene when they were at the bar and they're about to be given their marching orders to go off and start like killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And um, I remember telling her to uh, get your hammers, leave them on the bar. So you have to stretch back like a child would for the toys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was like, it was, it was just something that we started playing with. And it was like a little, it was cause, cause we, you know, hammer girl was a blank canvas, you know, yeah. We, we, yeah. we, 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 she was just someone that wasn't much on the page, but, we had fun being able to yeah. put all those little idiosyncrasies into a character then.
3: But
2: that That is the big deal film is in, in a lot of senses because we, I, I guarantee you, I could probably roll off some, you know, renowned, um, little ticks that weren't necessarily on the page. Um, Anthony Hopkins and the Farmer Beans uh, sequence where he does, he, yeah. he does the sucking of the lips. Uh, you know, there's, there's little moments that improvise. You know moments that 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 is legendary throughout the film. You know, and so th- something like that I, I've always found is, is really quite cool. In, you know, and really quite, uh, it, it's good to see, and it's it's great to see rather. You know that you know the actors are allowed to you know influence the process because as part yeah. partners as they are necessarily they're reciting
1: words off a page, aren't they? Yeah, of course. And it's like, and and for us, it's like sometimes it's not even like, just purely or a line of dialogue or an affectation or something, but it's just sometimes it, you find it. I found it, especially with Marcus Jones, who is kind of like my spirit animal now. Um, <laughs> was, I, 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 gotta be,
2: I gotta be honest, he was the yeah. At the end of the film, when I watched it, I thought he
0: was fantastic. Yeah, he's a Gen- He is a, Gen- he is an absolute he's beast of a performer. It is just. Oh my God. Is, and do you know, I gotta be honest, sorry to interrupt. My favorite scene in that is his dust up with, um, oh, what the, oh, the young boy, uh, Jeremy. yeah, I thought yeah. that, yeah, yeah. I, in terms of, um, a fight, a, a fight scene, um, the amount of, you know, passion and feeling in that and just the general sort of ferocity within that scene. That was a fucking belt in scene. I absolutely, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I thought that was a, because as much as I love a good choreographed scene, um, and there, you know, and I think it, it's very sort of, you know, when it, when you look at the raid for that Marunto as well, uh, is the is the fluidity of the movement, and that comes a lot yep. a, a lot from the from the sealat. Um, yeah. But there was something in that scene that was very very primal, and the fact I mean, yeah, Marcus yeah, Jones, he's, he's a definitely. big guy, he's a big bear of a man. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, this young boy is just sort of, you know, it's is just clinging to him. And I thought, yeah. it, it's just a brilliant, it was a brilliant brilliance. And it just looked painful. We, we, yeah, it, I think it was. Um, but uh, um, I was all right. Don't worry about that. I was going to say, um, don't worry, I'm well protected. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a but tab, like-
1: please. <laughs> We, 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 when we would design it, cause I designed that with, um, and this was like my first time doing anything outside of working with Eco and the boys in terms yeah. of choreography. And so I got to work with, um, Jude Poyer, who like, you'll be aware of as well because of, of like our time watching Hong Kong action yeah, cinema, yeah, cause yeah, Jude yeah. has been in a ton of Hong Kong films he shot out there. He moved out there when he was like 19, I think, and then carved a career for himself out there. Yeah. He actually did commentaries of some of the HKL films as well yes, uh, that came yes, out that's on right. DVD. And, um, you know, Jude's like got the most encyclopedic knowledge of Hong Kong cinema I've ever known in a human being. (laughs) Um, you know, I feel like a newbie when I talk to him, I'm like, okay, I didn't know that, didn't know this, didn't know that. Um, anyway, so, but, but what what I've, what I've loved working with Jude is that it's a slightly different process. And it's like, I could talk to Jude about the scene like that and say, it's kind of like a bear being attacked by a hyena. Um, and the, uh, but the hyena is the one that really has that killer instinct and wants to kill. Yeah. And so the bear is trying to like toss this, this animal that can, you know, come around from the back over the shoulders, try to go for his neck every time. And he has to kind of keep throwing him off, throwing him off, throwing him off. Um and so like you know, the 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 it just added a layer of that sort of yeah that animalistic sort of urgency to it yeah now yeah. Th- those actors did pro like, i mean mark didn't get doubled at all, Mark yeah. did the whole thing himself, and then Bill Milner, who plays jeremy uh who I love deeply because he's just the coolest kid I've ever met, he's just such a nice guy, yeah um. He he did pretty much like eighty five percent of it, ninety percent of that fight, I think. He only got doubled for two shots, I think. There was one when he had to be thrown over over Mark's shoulder. Yeah. And then one when he got thrown into the sink where you know, where yeah you, know, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. really throw an actor into that with it with no padding on his back of his head or anything. Yeah. So, you know, for those two shots, he was doubled. But for everything else, it was Bill. So when when Mark kind of, like, closes the 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 razor on his hand yeah. and then grabs him and just scoops him off the table and slams him down into the floor, that was Bill. Like, yeah. you know, that was Mark grabbing Bill and just yanking him off the table. That's so great. there was so much power in there. They they really, really brought it. And um, I know all the stunt guys afterwards, they talked about Bill, like, you know, so sort of, like, fondly because... His first day of filming, he had to come in and do the scene, which was out in the wheat field, like the elephant grass field, when he bursts through and is like, you know, screaming for Andrew, and then he falls flat on his face as he comes out. Yeah. Yeah, like that was that was the first thing he got to shoot in the entire film, and it was like throwing him right in the deep end on day one. Um, and they, they, they were saying how amazing it was that he just kind of like, the way he fell, the way he controlled his body, the way he controlled his force, he didn't hurt himself. They were just, they were like, yeah, he's natural. He's really good for the physicality. <gasps> yeah. Um. and so, what well, happened then? <laughs> I'm <I, laughs> sorry. That was me sneezing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> that. <laughs> it,
2: it, so, it, it totally caught me off guard. It's like, oh shit.
1: Oh shit. Oh, sh-. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I thought one of you'd gone on safari or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um,
0: yeah, it's the whales really of Pontypool. About... <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> yeah. I've been picking off the you know, the hyenas circling. <laughs> but,
1: but it's, it's interesting? Do we talk about that scene because you know circling all the way back to the thing I was talking about earlier? Um, right after that scene when Quinn tells him to sound the alarm and then he starts like sort of parading himself around the village a little yeah, bit, yeah, 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 quite pompous and strong and and cutting a figure in the middle of that village and that community. Yeah. An actor like Mark, um, who has all of that wealth of experience, what they bring to it, like, we were talking earlier about the like, characters, actors bring in certain affectations or certain um, additional elements to like performance or lines of dialogue. and stuff. But what Mark did was Mark, when he, we were filming, he would go up to the cameras and have a look at what the lens was. And Mark knows, I think, in his head, how far away he can get to where there's yeah, minimum yeah. focus. And so... Like he would be like walking around and then we had to, you know, that last, last shot, which is like looking up at him as he kind of like he's holding his neck and he just like turns his head yeah, yeah. as if to say, I'm the, I'm the boss of this place. Now yeah. he came right up to where it was just the, the, like, it was a fraction away from being minimum focus yes, and he came yeah. right above that camera. And that, that was like our B cam tilting up to get this shot and keep him in frame. And I remember watching, because we had the two monitors, I remember watching that sequence play out and when when we called cut, like initially I I was going to cut that scene initially as soon as the bell started ringing so I could cut to Dan and Andrea reacting to it. But he did such an amazing sort of like presence and performance what we call cut, everyone started clapping. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking at a monitor, and I was like, that shot is in the final. I knew that day we shot it, that shot's in the final cut of the film. And I mean, and so I was going to have to rethink the stretch of the time then.
0: It does, it, and I mean, it does show, actually, you know, the, the, the technicality of, of screen acting, because he clearly understands um, you know, the need to sort of, you know, where, where the fo- where the focus pull is going to be, where his mark yeah. was, and, and being able to hit that mark, being aware of the focus, you because know, obviously, you know, you You've got the focus polo there and, you know, being aware of that, but also being able to maintain that character is an incredible technical feat. Um, yeah, and, and, and it shows, and I don't think actors um, get that amount of praise for the understanding of that technicality, or good screen actors anyway.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's true actually, and 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 I think like th- and here's the thing like we're, we're you know when it comes to Mark, like Mark was amazing, and know Michael was amazing, but Dan also like what he brought in that role was like it's like they all it, all, all of them knew everyone I was working with they knew what genre of film this was. Yeah, it was like yeah. they knew the kind of film we were making. It wasn't sort of like. Oh wait, what, what's going on here? Like they knew it. They knew, they knew how to play up to that genre and they knew I, what was the level of like, you know, of absurdity that we could push towards. So, yeah. like, you know, when it came to Dan, I mean, you know, he 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 kept, like, you know, every day Dan would, like, message me and say, like, like you know, I just wanted to run by you, like, a few notes ahead of tomorrow. Like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. This is, you know, can you give me some pointers on where I should be in Headspace? And I'd, you know, chat with him a bit, like, uh, after the shoot. And we talk, and he'd say, like, okay, do you want me to dial down the crazy or bring it up or whatever? And we would just kind of keep chatting away about it. And I realized that what Dan was doing throughout the process as well is this thing with his voice, because when he first came in, first day of the shoot, we the first thing we did was him meeting with the sort of the legal counsel of the yeah, the family, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was the whole given his mission statement. And so Dan's character at that point is literally in the throes of a laudanum addiction. Yeah, yeah, And so yeah, then yeah. you know the way he talks is kind of it falls from meaning mouth and everything's kind of yeah. grinding and and his muscles and his jaw tight. And I remember like you know watching him thinking like shit is he going to do this for the entire film? Because like, I was like and that was that genuine concern. Yeah, and then. Sudden, like a few days later, we started shooting stuff and then we were shooting out of sequence. And so yeah. we start shooting something which is like scene 80 or something or other. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's singing the elephant grass. And we do the whole conversation between him and Andrea and then it's like, huh, he's not doing that voice anymore. I remember everyone thinking like, is there a continuity error here? Are we Are we okay? Are we alright? And then I started realizing as we kept shooting, as we kept going through, it would fluctuate. But it would it would fluctuate in little varying degrees of of intensity. Yes. And so yes. I started realizing like, he was doing this thing where it was like gradually throughout the film, day by day, as he started to become less and less dependent on Loudon, as he started to make decisions to kind of stay sober. Yeah. In order to focus on his mission that he would
0: come on guy. Come on. Yeah Hello. Are you back? Oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: mate. You, know, I, you missed out. I I, I talked about the meaning of life. Ah, oh, son of bitch. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: at what point did it cut off? Because I just kept
3: going. I, <laughs> really... I, I, <laughs> 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 well,
0: there's a bit where we actually go. Ah, and that was it then. So I think we, what we'll do is we'll, we'll uh, I'll play, it be, it'll be absolutely fine. I think we've got an actual cut off point
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so Dan Stevens is. Gr- and yeah.
0: Then yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just edit it over with going cock. And then that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I got it, his performance. um, It's sort of I thought he was, you know, considering obviously he's known for Downton Abbey. It is. What? Hello. Yeah. So w- with me, my foot. Can
1: you hear me? All right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. My, my, I didn't know him from Downton Abbey. That's the really interesting thing for me because I never, I never watched it. I still haven't, you know. Yeah, oh, I've, um,
2: never seen, I've
1: never seen it. I've never seen my, it. Maya loved it and she knew of him and that, but like for me. It was the guest that introduced me to him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Fabulous. And I, I, I so said, what happened was like we, when we did the raid one, we went out for Midnight Madness in Toronto that year. Yeah. And yeah. then the second night was Your Next. And I was playing then That's a great film. Um, which was Simon Barrett writing and Adam Wingard directing. And we, yes. we, we, we met up through that festival and I was like, big fans of theirs, and I, I loved Your Next, like, we, we actually, we loved that film so much that um, uh, Maya and I, Maya being my wife and, you know, at that time, owner of the the, the, the boss of the company that we were using in Indonesia, yeah, like, we, we bought the rights to Your Next to release it in Indonesia, so we released it in cinemas there. Nice. Um, you know, it was a small, limited release, like, because it was it's very hard to get, like, films from outside opening, big in local cinemas in Indonesia, but we... Yeah. we we gave it a release at least, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, we kept in touch with Simon and Adam. And then, you know, obviously next thing came around and it was like, okay, The Raid 2 is going to play. I'm pretty sure it was The Raid 2 that was playing in Sundance. Yeah. And then it was the same time that The Guest was playing. Wow. And so then I was like, okay, cool. So we got to go see that. And then um I was prepping um for a film called Blister. And yes. one of the people I met for Blister was, Dan Stevens. And so I was like, Oh man, I loved you and the guest. It was so cool. And you know, i good friends with Adam and Simon. So we started chatting around about that. And like he stayed in touch with them both as well and gets on with them really well. And we were just chit chatting around and we were talking about films and stuff of like that. And then Blister ended up kind of falling by the wayside. It just, it just didn't happen. There were certain scheduling issues that meant that it wasn't going to be made. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, I went off and started figuring out what the hell I was going to do next. And when Apostle came around then, you Know we were looking at names and we we're like, oh, Dan, and so yeah, that like it, it, it's this weird thing where it, it came from making the raid, meeting the guys from your next, they go off and make the guest. I start to realize, oh, Christ, who's this guy, Dan Stevens? He's yeah. super charismatic, super interesting, and then we meet for something else, and then eventually it comes right round full circle, and then we ended up making this film together. Wow,
2: can I can I just ask something about uh, Dan? Um, did he? And explain what the hell was going on in Legion TV at all? <laughs> you know
1: I... what? Genuinely though, I... <laughs> when um, when when we were prepping to do this this film, yeah. I, I I Legion season one was starting on TV back then. Right, And right. I I I have this thing, and it's a weird thing. but like, I won't watch whatever they've just done prior to shooting if it's if we're in prep. Like, I, just, I yeah, don't, yeah. Want, especially a television show. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like when you watch, like, um, Breaking Bad, which is such an incredibly layered performance with Brian Cranston. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. watch that show. I'm just like, I, I feel like I've, I, I've spent what, like 60 hours with you plus. Yeah, and, and I, and I've watched <laughs> 60 hours of, of, of seeing all of your, all of your, all of your performance because there's so much range in those show, in that show. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. Goes, he goes through everything and I'm like, I don't know what, what can surprise me anymore about a performance, right? So for me, whenever I'm about to work with someone, the last thing I want to do is binge watch 10 hours worth of their performances. I, I, I I want to feel like I'm seeing things fresh for the first time. Yeah, so, have seen it since? Um, no, I haven't yet, to be honest. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm terrible with catching up on television and films. Like, I'm, I'm awful at it. Like, I got, I got, I got so much stuff I need to catch up on. What I am good at watching is anything which is short. So sitcoms and, you know, animated yeah. shows. I'm, I'm like up to date on Rick and Morty. I'm up to date on <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I I've only seen. started it, to, I only started for, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia about Five months ago, four months ago, and I'm and, I, and I'm up to date on season thirteen. You season what, have, you,
2: have, have you seen the good the good place on Netflix?
1: I have not. No, I've heard I've heard a lot of good news oh about that. God. but I haven't gone to that. First two
2: seasons of that—that's that ideal television for you. Then that is because oh, quick, it's quick, it's brisk, it's it's incredibly funny. The, the the ideas in it are just phenomenal. They really, really are. But going back to Legion, Legion, um, it melted my mind. It's just, <laughs> it's 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 just so out there, and it's it's really refreshing to see. Um, I I I don't want it to sort of go off piece a little bit. But I watch Mandy. It's not like recently. this
0: podcast at all. No, no, no. In no any way, way the... shape, or form. I watch Mandy know,
1: recently. You're not you're age. not allowed to tell me anything about Mandy because I have been dying to watch that for months and months and months. And it's yet another one of those examples where it's been in the cinema now for a week and I still haven't had a chance to sit down and watch all it yet.
2: All all I will say is. Wow. I'm I'm
1: desperate desperate
2: to see it. I I don't know whether you've listened to the previous podcast. I'm not the biggest horror aficionado. I I, I love cinema, but I said to her, I said, I really want to see Mandy and he was like, watch it. It is bonkers. And and I know it's a simplistic term, but the thing is, it's the perfect term for it to describe it because it's just so... So it, it, I I I could argue it was shot in
1: nineteen eighty five. Easily right. easily. I, mean, I had the privilege it, of meeting with panos out in because we just got we just did like a couple of festival screenings out of of Basel like in yeah. um yeah, yeah. in Austin and then in in, yeah. in, in Sitches and where we where we where we screened last and then while we were in Sitches because um, the boys from XYZ Films are kind of across both of those films. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I got to. I got. We, we were having our sort of pre-screening dinner, and then uh Panos turned up because he'd just done his introduction to the screening of Mandy. Yeah. Um, and and he's such an interesting person. He was like, it was just like. Is such a visionary as well. Like I, I've seen, I obviously had seen like Beyond the Black Rainbow, and I saw the trailer for Mandy, and I was like, this guy's just on something else. Like I don't know, I don't know how he gets <laughs> these images on screen, you know. But it's yeah. like, like it, that it, commitment, it, it, that visual style yeah, of his is yeah. just, it's, um, it's incredible. I tell you, who <laughs> else? Just to kind of give you, sorry, just jump in again, just so to give yeah. you another recommendation, but like you know, similar to to Pallas, the two, two, two filmmakers that I, I I really respond to, Bruno Fosani and Helen Cattet, they did um, yes, *Amer* yeah, yes. and um, a *Strange Color of Your Body's Tears*, and then they also did uh, more recently uh, *Let the Corpses Tan*, which is a sort oh, of like Jawa yeah, 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 yeah. Western film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their, their their approach to filmmaking is absolutely incredible it's so fascinating i, I went to see that the, the corpse is in a screening in london probably about a year ago now i think it was or maybe yeah a little little less than that and um i met with them afterwards and like honestly i spent about like maybe 20 minutes 30 minutes in their in their company i i wanted like 10 hours just so i could sit, <laughs> just to sit down and just ask him how did you do this how did you do that how did you how did you get how did you get the actors on board because they shoot they shoot their films in a way that's kind of like it's it's not it never feels like they're shooting coverage of anything like anything at all. Yeah. Like when when we when we're doing like a normally when we're shooting a post or any film like that, those classical drama like in, in between the sort of set pieces, you know, you 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 want to shoot your coverage, you want to have yeah, plenty yeah, to play yeah. in the edits, so you can find yeah, the way yeah. you're gonna. Yeah. They don't like they they will literally have a shot that exists. Just to be able to punch into or react to or, or slide across to a close up of someone just so they can deliver one line. And then, and they, and they piece these things together. It's like, it's like each shot is like a, 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 a painting that has been like designed in such a specific way and the edit is designed in such a specific, specific way that it, it becomes this, this, Totally stylized work of art, then. and I just think that what they do is is, is phenomenal.
2: That, that's that sounds like a, quite a disciplined way of working, almost, doesn't it? You know, knowing that you know the piece, the bigger pieces you've got are not going to be the whole unless you shoot those little bridging shots. Then um, to make the picture, then because that, that that is quite disciplined when
1: you talking about it, really, oh, isn't it? To- to- totally, and and that that to be honest, like that approach. When I asked him about it, I said like How do you like, How do you get an actor on board for that as well? Because it's very difficult. Because it's like you know what I mean. When when we when we're figuring out the scene, me and Matt Flannery, we will have. Our shot list, we'll have our our imagined version of how the scene will play out so that we know we've got something to work from as a sort of like a, as a sort of foundation, right? But then when, when the actors turn up on set, that's when you start doing blocking with them and you kind of, you. You hope and pray and if you can't get them <laughs> to be exactly where you want to, you try to nudge them to be like, oh, have you thought about standing by the fire? You know, and then, and then, then your shot list works. You know what I mean? Um, but if yeah, they, yeah. if they off too far, you, you adapt and you shift and you improvise. But, um, for, for, for a film like Let the Corpses Tan or like Amel, for instance, because those shots are so, so specific and it's all about the very specific framing and blocking, mm-hmm. like, you know, those actors, they, they just, they have to submit to the, to the, the, the vision of the, of the director. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, anyway, and not in a negative way either, because you know, what they're creating is such an astonishingly unique, uh, piece of work. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just a totally different approach, but I, I, I love their films. I, I love everything
0: they've done. So you, you said that I got to jump in with. Do you know I got another link to The Apostle? Besides you. Go on. And obviously the trailer. Ross Hensley. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross, yeah. I love Ross. He's great, man. Well, I trained with and Ross. Uh, Did you train with him? I trained with Ross, yeah. Um you or oh, going back, um uh, I was training at the time with KMG um in right. Maga before I moved over to um Kapap. Um yeah, he's out outsta- he is an he's an astonishing uh, practitioner, very, very technically sound, very, very powerful. Oh, okay. scary powerful. Yeah, and, you
1: know, and you know we have connections that Ross through different through Emma as yeah,
0: well. Yeah, 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 yeah. See?
1: Yeah. small world it's, it's but, such a small world really small world
0: and Ross at the time when uh, I was training with him in Murtha he had just come back I think he'd done an episode of Hollyoaks right okay um, and I remember talking to him about it and I said oh yeah my friend is you know um, is at, at the moment he's at India in Indonesia making a martial arts film and he was like oh yeah who's that and I said yeah, we've got talking about you and right. lo and behold um, there we go there we go see look at that Look at that. I'm like Kevin well, Bacon. Six, uh, six degrees of <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah. But no, it was one of those moments where I sat there, I was sat there at the screen and watching it going, that's Ross. What's he, do? That's, that's Ross. That's amazing. Yeah. It's such a small world, isn't it? And it's Ross crazy. was
1: great as well. He was like, you know, he, he had to be pretty patient as well because when we did the, the scene with the spears going through him, mm. um, yeah, don't worry. Uh, not literally the spears went through him, but, you
3: know, when we were setting up...
1: When we were setting up the yeah, Emma, it must be
0: shot. so pissed at you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was less pierced when I left. Him, yeah. um, uh, yeah, thanks, God. <laughs> he know,
0: He now has to drink all of his, any fluids in the kitchen and with a tarpaulin underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, when we,
1: when we shot that, like, it was, like, um, Tom Pierce, who's the production designer for the film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Someone I, I love a great deal because he 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 delivered in spades on this film it was incredible what his him and his team put together for us in terms of the, the, the design of that village first and foremost. But um for, for every aspect of it and, and including we were trying to figure out like how do we do this thing with um Ross, like with this scene where the spears are through him because I wanted that camera to go from behind him all the way around and to yeah. just kind of have this thing. So they ended up constructing this sort of like weird sort of body plate armor. Um, that could be worn by Ross that would be bolted into the ground. So it would go all the way over his front and his back down through his legs into the floor. Right. And we could bolt it to the floor so that it wouldn't wobble. It wouldn't move too much. Yeah. Um, and, and basically the, 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 the general gist of it was that we were trying to figure out what to do with it. And we were like, well, what if it's kind of like, you know, when you have like a snooker queue that yeah. you can screw apart in the center? What if it's just like that? So we just have to figure out where the entry points, where the exit points are. And then you kind of screw in on, part of the spear and then screwing on the back of the spear uh on either side of his body and it, it just it was it was like finding the real simple theater tricks uh, uh yeah. of how to do something and um you know transpose those into film but yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was I, a good sport man he was he was bolted to that floor for a good couple of hours
2: <laughs> i i i saw it you released um a previs of how you actually shot that scene Yes. Yeah, I saw that recently, and I thought, even when I watched the, the scene itself, and, you know, the setups and the camera angles, you know, and and it, to, see, to see, like, the previs, because uh, I know previs is huge in, in making films, especially if you've got, um, complicated sequences, much like the, you know, the, the raid and the raid two, etc. etc. But it was, it was interesting to see how it was going to factor into what ultimately is, you know, a horror film, isn't it? A folk horror film. Yeah. It's still got the dynamics of, you know, the, the, the violent act itself, isn't it? And, you know, if we think of like the old, uh, I'd say the old, but say, uh, say Halloween, isn't it? You know, that's very minimalistic, isn't it? In, in its acts violence, but then when you come around to the mechanics of say a modern horror film, um, you know, see something done like that then you know, is, 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 is quite I, I find fascinating, I'm not going to lie, I, I really do but I'm, I'm, the, I'm the type of person, I like to see how a film was made, but also then I'm spoiling films for myself because it's like, oh, do you know they did that scene? And it's, no, no, yeah, just let somebody watch it and wash over them, isn't it? But, you know, well, to, see, to see how it was done, it was fascinating, fascinating. But
1: the, the thing with the previous was that it came from a place of just me being so nervous when we were making Moranto that I would not deliver properly on the martial arts. And so for me, it was like, I, I just want to have uh, a super cheap, low budget version of the fights first. So I know they work. I know the shots work. I know the edits work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then and then we're basically just replicating those shots. So that right. was like that yeah. was when it came to Miranto, that was that was the approach and it was it was a safety net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when it came to other films following that, like The Raiden Raid Two, because they were martial arts heavy and like action heavy, then it was the same thing again, same process. Yeah. But for Apostle, it's just it just felt natural. It just felt like, you know what? It's a good tool. It's a good way to do things. And it just it helps me know exactly how many shots I'm gonna be shooting that day. Yeah. It helps all the other HODs know exactly what's required of them. Yeah. What are we seeing in frame? What what you yeah. know Where 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 is a shot gonna need to be a VFX augment and when yeah. when is it just gonna be practical in camera? Yeah, yeah. Um and so so having you know, having having an opportunity to kind of like test it out, so to speak, was really massively beneficial. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it's it's always it always felt like a thing of necessity, but it's just something that I guess and from like a behind the scenes aspect as well. It it provides something really interesting for people to be able to see. Like, and and I guess when we were when when we were kids growing up and stuff, we were you know (laughs) both myself and who had many many moments where we were in, our sort of like let's say we were nine or ten because it's less embarrassing. (laughs) You know, we um, were. (laughs) <laughs> we would always, we would always like, you know, play in the back garden and pretend that we were remaking films or we'd be remaking yeah. like Fist of Fury or something or other, you know, and I'd yeah. be yeah. In, my, in my vest and my pajama trousers and my plimsolls soles pretending I'm Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> I always end up being Sammo hung... so. I don't know you why. You did end up being It's the, the ball cut. cut. It's the ball cut. You <laughs> did, you did. Have hair cut. It was amazing.
3: <laughs> but, um,
1: you know, we would, we would do, we would, we would, we would always pretend like we would make a films, but we had no access to the industry. We had no way of knowing what it actually meant to make a film or what the equipment was or how the processes would be. And so, you know, I grew up hungry for that information and for that knowledge, but never really finding an, an avenue where I could find it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then when DVDs came out and the wealth of behind the scenes materials and commentaries and things like that I learned so much from them so that when it came to finally being able to make films of my own and being able to put footage out there, it's kind of a little bit weird in a weird way. Me looking back on myself when I was a kid wanting that information being like, you know what, this is how we do it. This is how we did it. These are the tricks that we use in order to achieve this, you know, and, and, and if somebody wants to take that and then, use that as a leaping off point and then finding a better way to do that. And then great. I can learn from them then as well
2: yeah I, I this is something we me and who have talked about previously is, is um um filmmakers influencing other filmmakers it's, it's you know it's gone on for over a hundred years isn't it you know yeah. um from the advert obviously but you, you know as a director yourself and you, you've, you've you've sort of implied you know the makers of your next and you know that the course is and whatnot you you must be watching them and you're thinking wow you know i i i could perhaps take a little bit of that put it to what I'm doing and perhaps improve and again myself as a director and um you took the words out of my mouth regarding D V D extras, you know. Um I don't I don't think DVD extras um are as abundant as they were when the DVD, when the D V D explosion happened. Um there are the odds yeah, there are the, the odd one or two. Um uh, I'm I'm a big fan of documentaries about the the making of films. Uh, um I don't know whether you've seen um The Director and the Jedi, the song The Last Jedi No, uh, I
1: haven't seen that.
2: It's, oh. it is basically an hour and a half Ryan Johnson actually making the film and, you know, speaking to the cast and we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, Mark Hamill <laughs> going to camera basically, I fundamentally disagree with everything Ryan Johnson has put in this script, but I'm an actor, I, you know, I'm going to do what he says. And, you know, wow. to see, to see that, <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's fucking Luke Skywalker at the end of the day, isn't he? But, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> um you know he's got a little bit of say almost to an extent but you know to see that filmmaking process and basically go to you know one of the most iconic actors of the last 40 50 years and go oh by the way you're the last jedi and you're, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to the end of this, you know, spoiler alert. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, I, I've always, I've always loved the extras. A classic, I, as far as I'm concerned, is the, um, the Lord of the Rings extended editions, um, the making okay. of Peter Jackson put on there. They are. They, they, they literally tell you every single thing they did in those films from front to back, start to finish, script making, the, 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 the filming process, special effects process. It's staggering, staggering. And I don't think, um, yeah, you will get your extras, you've deleted scenes, you know, you'll get this, you'll get that. But I don't think you actually get, um, as you did initially with the DVD explosion, I don't know whether it's a i think degree. it's changed
1: yeah. i think it's changed a little bit I, I think something i i think there's still a hunger for it and I, um i i do try to kind of like push wherever we can in order to include things yeah they tend to do a lot of featurettes now like short featurettes which kind of like it's a bit They're a bit surface level sometimes or where they yeah, just yeah, scratch yeah. the surface of something that could yeah. be talked about for another 15 20 minutes but um okay talking about those feature lengths, making ofs Two of the ones that really, really like, got to me and really were of interest to in me were um, uh, the Full Tilt Boogie one from oh, the From Dust to oh, Dawn DVD. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like
2: yeah.
1: that that one, that one was the one where I watched and I was like, you know, just seeing them making that film, you know, shooting it day by day and then finishing off at the end of the night. And they were like, you know, staying at this <laughs> motel because they were like, it was too far away to commute home. Yeah. You know, playing guitar, I'm going to be here and stuff, chatting about yeah. what they're going to do the next day. I was like, I, I, I want to be there. I want, I really wanted to be there with them making that film. And yeah. so that was a p- real pivotal moment for me where it was like, I, I want to do this. And this is when I was, I think I was in uni at the time when I saw that. I was like, no, I really want this to be my career. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, the other one was um, the making of Magnolia,
3: which is oh, similarly yeah, yeah.
1: An, an 80, 85 minute. Yeah. Which yeah, covers yeah. the whole process from pre pro all the way up to not- release.
2: Yeah, that's uh, right, cause yeah. It, 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 they're in the back of the limo going to the premiere, isn't it? And he's, right, um, right. he was seeing yeah. Fiona Apple at the time, wasn't he? And uh, then he's right. yeah. smoking smoking cigarettes really nervously in the back of his limo on the way to the premiere, to the point where as they're pulling up, they're throwing the cigarettes at the windows. So they're not shown to smoking, like, pulling up outside the red carpet. It's, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's
0: really, really good. I've always been partial, to be perfectly honest, to the making of Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um I think that's uh, you Yet know again that's... we're talking <laughs> golden or that's today.
1: <laughs> why do you have to why'd you have to go all elitist on us
0: here? Sorry, it's, I, it's it's my love of art. It's my art. house yeah, exactly, background yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Every episode we do, with Golden
0: Globus comes up every single episode. It's like It's like the it Globus. Should though. Yes. In all
1: fairness, it, uh, yeah. it, it, it's just yeah. a voice.
0: It's like the Globus or the wire that yeah. we managed. That, oh, yeah. yeah, that we managed to bring in somehow. The wire always appears. I don't know why it just appears. Yeah. What, the TV
2: show? The wire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every episode we do, some, some, something connects to The Wire. It's just that it'll be like um, Frankie Faison, who's in Silence of the Lambs, He's one yeah. of the police chiefs in The Wire. Um, Wood Harris is in Blade Runner 2049, when we were talking about 2049. It's like another connection to The Wire. We've had how oh, many episodes we've done, and we've brought The Wire up. It's ridiculous.
0: And we, you it's, know, it's even got to the point where we, we, it, we've we sort of thought, Christ, we've nearly got an entire episode without bringing The Wire, and then suddenly, as we're going along, somebody mentioned. Somebody who's appeared in the Wire. <laughs> I think the best boy on one episode of the Wire has appeared in yeah, sort of I don't know yeah. something we've done. But
2: not we I, failed on seven. Though, didn't on seven, we couldn't make a connection to the Wire. No, we couldn't. It was that
0: was the one episode? That yeah. was our one yeah. episode.
2: Yeah, and then here was the profanity as well, which is just obscene. <laughs> but,
0: um... It's because I have to but spend this... so much time repressing my profanity. <laughs> you know, I spend. This... <laughs> this fun Yeah. Does this does this episode count as because
1: you've mentioned it as something? Did you always mention? Does that actually justify the mention of the wire that you mentioned in the fact that you mention it? Oh, it? I have suppose to we, have could, a, we is could that get, too
0: tenuous a link? Or we could get really wanky and say we're being meta.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. no I, I, Unless there's somebody in the cast you can think of who's got a connection to The Wire. I, 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 off the top of my head, I can't think of... Um, I, I Pretty much it's got to be like, you know, um, it's normally somebody who's, uh, an actual, who's actually in an episode of The Wire, but that's where it normally works so anyway. But I can't think of anybody off the top of my head in a parcel um, actually being in The Wire. I'll be astonished if it was, but... Um, <laughs> There's no, no one I can think of that I'm mad. If I'm honest.
0: So in terms of like the apostle now, I mean, I mean, you've you've literally in order, to, you know, in this, you've been everywhere around the world. Um, so have you got much more promotion to do on this now, or you sort of? Uh... No, we're pretty much it's weird. We're pretty much done now. It's
1: like it's it's an issue, and it's, to be honest, it's a lot easier than it was on the raid films. Yeah. In terms of the promotional side of things, because. Like when we did the raid and the raid two, they get bought by different distributors in different countries and territories yeah. who all have a different release strategy. Yeah, so nice. what tends to happen, like when when we did the raid, I think I traveled for about six months, where it was just like on off on off, and you'd go to a different city because there'd be a different release date. So it'd be it'd be like Hong Kong or Japan or France. Like, well, Germany or Germany, or, or, America, or, you know, UK, or, and I was living in Indonesia at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Indonesia is not close to any of those places. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it's one of those things, like, I, I, like, I always, like, like, I'm always aware of, like, you know, um, try not to complain about the fact you get to travel around these amazing places and stay in these really nice big hotels yeah, yeah. and da, 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 da. Cause, yeah. cause it, it just sounds super ungrateful, but you're not really seeing any of the places. Like, I mean, we, we would like we would travel, land, and then an hour later start to press or something other, or go off and then intro a film or something, and then the next day you do your press day, and then it's like okay, thank you, yeah. time to go home now, yeah, yeah, um, and it's like so like it, it, when you do it for like six months, it just gets to you after a while. You just like okay, because you, you answer the same questions as well. That's the one thing as well. It's yeah. like yeah. when the raid one came out, it was the question, the question that everyone started with. So. So how does a Welshman end up in Indonesia making martial arts films? And, and, and then when we did The Raid 2, you'd still get... So how does a Welshman end up <laughs> in Indonesia so making martial arts have films? Have you ever
0: been tempted, because I would have been, to like change the story and sort of say, well, one day I got absolutely hammered and suddenly I woke up and I, was, I had a camera in my hand and I was making a martial arts film?
1: Uh, I, I, I after a while I started to say like oh, I was uh it's all been a ploy after I saw Ico's ad on Craigslist and I just wanted to find a way to get closer to him.
3: <laughs> so,
1: you know, that's, that's, been, um, that's been my sort of like answer of choice when it, when, you, when you've been asked like a hundred times over how yeah. you got to Indonesia, okay. but, um, but but like it's like it's weird and it's that thing of like to be honest, you get to a point where you've answered the question so many times that it becomes scripted. Yeah. And so you you find yourself it's it, it's the closest equivalent you can get to the idea of a stand back who's like working out his material as he goes along. Like when I did my first 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 interview for Apostle, all the questions and all the answers were fresh as hell, and I was like yeah. nervous that I was going to mess them up. When I was like, yeah. I got to sound like I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then and then you do it for like three weeks, four weeks, and then all of a sudden. You're you're answering that question. You know exactly how to answer it. You've got a structure to your answer, but what you now have to do weirdly really, is make the person you're telling it to feel like they're here and that you're you're coming up with this information for yeah. the first time. Yeah, like you have yeah. to answer it enthusiastically. You can't just be like you know ad verbatim and be like, yes, uh this is an analogy for religion and it You have to kind of tell, it has to be more conversational, so it has to feel like you're engaged as you answer it. And you know, it's a uh, yeah, it's um. The, the press is pretty much over for Apostle, but the beautiful and that, and that part of that is the benefit of releasing through Netflix because it's like 196 countries in one day. It's wow. like it's yeah. boom, it's out, and it's like right, everyone can watch it, and you know, yeah. and, and then tell me, did they love it? Did they hate it? And and yeah. and, and and they do tell you when they ate it as well. I love which that. Is a that real I do love thing
0: how you have described it as uh, mom, mar- uh, marmite. Uh, oh Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that was my, that was my stunt. coordinator,
0: Jude. He sent me this image <laughs> and I was
1: like, you fucking prick. <laughs> like, um, well, like today now today, literally today I had, I had a, I had an Instagram DM from someone I've never met before. <laughs> who sent me like, sent me six messages. Just to call me like a motherfucker, saying how I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm humming out the bad words now because my daughter's somewhere nearby right, now. Oh, yeah. yeah, she ain't she ain't listening to this. You have to beep out some of the bad words. But he, he, said, he called me all these different names under the sun. he hated the film wanted me to know how much he hated it, right? Then he sent me a gif of Jennifer Aniston doing that no fingers thing that Ross did, you know, in Friends, right? Like, the, and then, and then, and then also at the end, he wrote down the last message. He wrote down was. From Argentina. And I'm like, dude, I didn't need to know where you were from. <laughs> I, it's, like, it's,
3: like,
1: it's not like I'm going to get on a plane and come and meet you and have a chat with you about it. It's like you, you spent 10 messages telling me how horrible I am <laughs> <laughs> and then sent me a gif and then was like from Argentina. I'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah, that just yeah. means, I'm hoping he meant that to tell me that that's where he was from, not that that's the expressed opinion of all Argentinians about yeah, the film.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he brought trouble.
0: it up at the last meeting uh, for Argentina, yeah. so, uh, yeah, you're now officially banned, I think that comes in. <laughs> so.
2: no, no, no more trip to Buenos Aires, <laughs> you do then, is it?
3: You
2: know? <laughs> yeah. So, talking about um, the release with uh, Netflix, and this is, pro- this is probably going to be the norm now for a lot of filmmakers um, in the f- in the future, isn't it, you know? Um, not the a few years are dead or dying or whatever. But the thing is, Netflix seemed to be uh, quite open with towards the filmmakers, and you know, yeah, we can see that you have a vision, you have an idea. We're on board in it, and we're fully supporting you. Um, that's, a, that's that I suppose for new filmmakers is a really, really quite important thing. Um, but. You know, for more established filmmakers, um, it, it, well, th- this user case in point, Marnie Scorsese's next film is coming out on Netflix, isn't it? With, the um, open yeah. Gino, uh, you know.
1: Oh, the Irishman. And, yeah. yeah.
2: The Irishman, yeah. I, I, they're totally blanked out then, I will admit. <laughs> <What a laughs> film is you know, and you think, like, you know, you're talking about one of the world's greatest living directors, his next film is going to be streaming to your telly, you know, sometime next year, and that, that's like, wow. Can you imagine that, uh, the Marx Corsese of say, uh, 1977 or, you know, oh God, being you know, told nineteen forty, yeah, being told the best part of 30 years later that his film is going to be streamed in the people's houses and not seen on a, on a big screen. That, uh, you know, and that is going to be the norm very, very soon, isn't it?
1: Do 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 you, would you agree with that or? Well, I think, I think, like when you think about it though i mean it's just the way technology's gone and like again I, I, there's a big argument about like okay the small screen versus the big screen and it's yeah, like yeah. well but it's like well of course anything that's been made you know naturally will have a different experience when it's played on a gigantic screen with super loud sound in yeah, a yeah. room filled with a 100 plus people mm, it's yeah. Definitely going to play differently than it would if you watched it like on a phone or on a tablet or on on your television. Yeah. But like, um, you know, my 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 go-to answer, my scripted answer
3: for this <laughs> that,
1: I've, that I've accumulated for the last few weeks. Um. But it, but to be honest, it's been like it's been in in my head for like a long while now. Is this idea of, you know, in the eighties when we grew up and we were kids watching films? Like, I watched The Godfather. I watched Back to Future. I watched. Um, Goodfellas. I watched yeah. Evil Dead. I watched the Coen Brothers films. I watched all these sort of classics. I watched The Wild Bunch. I watched all of them yeah, for the very was... first time on VHS on a 15 inch portable television with a mono sound speaker on the side of it. That was terrible for the quality of sound, and the picture was square. It wasn't the yeah. full widescreen image. Oh, and and, scan, it? and, and, it and those pan and scan and those films oh. still spoke to me. They took me to a different place and 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 it made me fall in love with cinema now yeah. you know where we are now is very different from where we were in the 80s and where we were even 5 years ago never mind like where we'll be in another five, ten years from now yeah. you know TVs are uh, again bigger the the clarity of detail is higher the fact is now most people are are not even using the speakers of televisions they, they're getting soundbars because they're so readily available now yeah yeah um, and and so you know we you know we're streaming in we can stream in 4K UHD, um, you know so that disparity is not as big anymore. Mm. And and to be perfectly honest, it's like this: like I can't speak for the the Irishman because it's a big budget film, but I'm sure one of the reasons why he's doing it is because of the fact that what Netflix gave me was. Like a not not like creative autonomy, not in a way of like being overly controlling, because every aspect of this is collaborative. Yeah. You know, and every every yeah. every aspect of it has to be. A, you know, it's not compromise. It's notes that are critical, but put you in a, in a better place in terms of what you're trying to create. But um, there's there's still that level of a, a sense of like freedom and of support that Netflix give that I've never experienced before on anything. Yeah. And, and, and the, the reality is I think that when it comes to the films like Apostle or films of like a lower end in terms of the independent cinema, we need, we need systems like Netflix in place. Mm. We need yeah, systems absolutely. like Ana- yeah. and, and, and Amazon as well, you know, other streaming yeah. platforms that are creating original content because w- without them, it's, it's getting very hard now for independent cinema to survive outside of that. You get a few that are becoming like awards contenders. Mm. They get to have a decent shelf life. They get to have a decent life in terms of theatrical runs. But if you don't, if you're not in that very, very small, minute bracket of independent cinema that, that gets recognized and acknowledged, then, uh, you know, the traditional distribution method is starting to fail you. Yeah. You know, you, I've been in cinemas where I've watched films that have been made by like really good friends of mine and, mm-hmm. and, and, and peers of mine, people who I admire and respect a great deal. And, you know, I, I sit down in the cinema to go see their film, and I realize, Christ, I'm one of eight people that are in this 300-capacity C- uh, screen. Yeah, and and that's, yeah. that's, that's heartbreaking. And it's like, anyway, I, I understand the the, the the fact that this is a business, too, you know? So, like, cinema chains, you know, they've got to justify the fact that they have to pay for the the, the running of those screens. It's yeah. staff it's yeah. cleaning up it's the 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 power that's needed to play the damn thing in the first place it 's the fact that you 're throwing away you know potentially thousands of pounds per screening of a film that 's not performing for whatever reason mm. and so yeah. when you have like a system like Netflix which can support independent cinema which can provide us with an opportunity to to make films that are a little bit outside the box that that are a little more experimental in tone. That, oh, absurd, like well, I what I've had the privilege of making, like, yeah, I I, I fully embrace that, and the trade off of not playing theatrically is not that big a trade off for me then in ours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I
0: mean, um, you look, sorry, like, uh, would you look, um, go on, go,
2: go, go, go. no, I was, just, I was, I was, just gonna say that you were saying about the films that you saw, you know, on VHS on a fifteen inch screen, um, you know, we 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 are the video uh, store uh, generation, aren't we? So you know. Yes. That was that was our first connection to those films I recently saw Jaws on the big screen For the first time And I've seen Jaws a hundred times It fucking blew me away On the big screen It mm. genuinely, genuinely did And it. it I, I just saw it in a totally different light And I've seen it, like I said, a hundred times I absolutely loved the film I watched it on the big screen I got an affection for that film Now that I've Probably never had before because of think,
1: that experience. Do you think, do you think it's, uh, cause I would say this though as well, right? It's not just the size of the screen or the quality of the sound. It's also the fact that you have no distractions. That's no. what it is. You know, cause it's that, like, I, it's, that is it's like, I, I've, I've fallen in love with films and watched them and, and, you know, not check my phone and not done things, but. Like when I watched Kubrick films for the first time, I remember like thinking, "Oh, these are incredible films! I love them. They're great. They're great. They're great." But then yeah. they had the Kubrick retrospective in of all the places. It was uh, St David's Theatre in Cardiff. They did like a screening of all his films, and it was like a week before uni started. And I was like, "I'm going to all of those," and Didn't I just sat there and, and, and watched. We we did. I went for the whole hog. I think you joined me for two thousand and one. Yeah, that was an arse and, number. Um,
0: <laughs> in the Wait, we're
1: talking about the screening
0: now, right? Oh yeah, we're not talking about the bathhouse <laughs> after. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Um,
1: but it was um, it was it was an it was an amazing experience to see those films on a big screen, and it was it was exactly that thing. It's like. When you have no distractions, I'm now paying attention to every single detail. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that you're almost reminded of, uh, what's the right word I can think? The purity, you know, the actual essence of that film, isn't it? When you see it large and you see it writ. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Where, where I, when I saw Jaws on the big screen, it, you know, a great sound system, you know, wasn't the biggest screen. not even a cinema properly, but still it was, and you had. Yeah. It's say, 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 yeah, seventy people around you. You know, But ordinarily you may have to see three or four people in the same room watching the film with you. You know, but to see it like that it was it was brilliant. It was genuinely, genuinely brilliant. And you know, yeah, like you say, Netflix is is is. Um, I don't want to use the word
1: convenient, but ultimately it is convenient, isn't it? You know, well, so, I mean, it's insane. I think. I think. I think. I think. Generations now have no idea how good they got it. No no, 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 no idea. No, no. Like, no, that's, like, that's, like, that's you, you gotta, like we, we, we would watch what Ever we rented that night. Yeah. You never stop a film halfway through and then be like, oh, "I'm going to move on to the next thing." Cuz yeah. you you were like, "No, we paid for this." I hey, yeah, paid yeah. 1.50 yeah. for this. The through to the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I paid
0: yeah. 1.50 yeah. for this and I had to walk from the bus stop, so we are watching this. I don't care. <laughs> I don't was, care it if it doesn't in in make it. sense and it was fucking raining <laughs> and my chips go wet. <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is you it are going to sit walk home. Yeah, you got to sit here and we're going to watch Gremlins.
1: <laughs> i'm so glad you picked that i was i was gonna say like tonight tonight's the night of
0: jim carter oh oh, oh, do you know oh oh my god i i nearly messaged you on it but i, I it slipped my mind can you remember samurai um, yes, 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 right,
3: yes, there There's somebody who yeah. follows me. Uh, it wasn't
0: the samurai film. It wasn't even a martial arts film, was it? No, no. It did, it did just doesn't. I mean, I think the fight scenes essentially, you know, were, were a guy you could just about barely lift his leg. Um,
3: wasn't it? Wasn't it a new <laughs> certificate?
0: Yes, yes, he was. Re- yeah, Christ. Now Darren, I Darren, H- thought I thought about that film. Since we
1: probably rented it, and then we realized, yeah, this is not a good film. Like I, I think I've thought
0: about it since. No, well, this there's, there's, uh, there's a guy Darren Darren Hall Alt Movies on Instagram. He's been doing like uh, a LinkedIn movies challenge, and like, and I think he's combined it with like a charity shop type thing. And he okay. and he posted the other day that he'd found Samurai on VHS in a charity shop, and he and he watched it. Wow. And you just think, fuck yeah, we hired that. We've rented Yeah, It's just, you know, and no wonder I can sit through something like Aquanoids. We watch Samurai, and (laughs) we, uh, right up to the credits. (laughs) You know.
1: It's It's a different thing. But but that's the thing. Like, you you go back now, and you think about it, it's like, Christ, now we live in a time where you can click on, 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 on a button on your television and pull up thousands of films. Yeah. And thousands of films that are in their original language in the right aspect ratio with subtitles. Yeah. It's like, yeah. insane. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, like, you weird. Know, I
2: still chuckle. I still chuckle when you say to people, oh, have you seen, uh, City of God? Just use City of God as an, as an example. And, um, I remember saying to someone, oh, have you seen, have you heard of this film? And they'd go, what's it about? It's like, well, it's about these Brazilian street kids, It's uh, three hours long, and it just shows them growing up through the favelas. And they'll go, Brazilian? Oh, so is this subtitles? And you'd be like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't watch the film and read the subtitles at the same time. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> how how do people sort of deny themselves? Something, watching, when, when something like that.
1: When you say that when City of God came out in the cinema, I remember going to see it, I remember buying tickets to go see it. And the person behind the counter said, you're aware this film has a subtitle. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes. so? Oh, and, then, and then they said, yeah, because people have been complaining and walking out and wanting their money back. And I'm like, oh, wow. God.
2: I mean, that absolutely... But the thing is, we, we again, we are the video shop era, so a lot of the, um, see, the Jackie Chan films, they were dubbed badly. <laughs> Bruce Lee films were
1: dubbed badly. And I, will, was, I will say this, though. There's one, one thing I, I do really enjoy... And, and I have, it is a personal sort of kick for me. It's getting foreign versions of the raid and the raid 2, and I'm hearing what eco sounds like dubbed into
3: French. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: sounds like something to Japanese. You know, it's, it's fascinating, cause it's like, cause you're like, who did they go with? What kind of what kind of octave have they gone for for eco? So it's really interesting. Cause in Japanese, everything's kind of deep like this, and then in French, they've gone very effeminate, and it's like it's really interesting. Uh, tell me like to Watch the film. Play totally please, different.
0: Please tell me somewhere that he sounds just like. My name's Wu. I am an interpreter for Mr. Suzuki. <laughs> please tell you know i would i would kill for
1: there to be an old retro dubbed in english language, like oh, using the I same know. the same voice talents that they used on the old rank home video oh films. god that would just Imagine be amazing it would be incredible yeah. that'd be I've, amazing <laughs> i I, who, I i've
2: got to tell you the story garth this is this is on my children's lives this is a true story you mentioned the raid um I had a I had a parcel come through the post today, and I managed to buy the raid on Blu-ray uh, on a one-click accidentally. And it came from the post today. No way! I I sent the picture to who, and I went, "No, this is an Alanis Morissette song." You, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, and I, I was like, "Oh my god, this is such a weird, weird, weird day." And and the the crazy thing is, I had the raid too, but I never had the raid for whatever
1: reason. How much? How much did you pay for on the one click? Um. How much money do
2: you make off it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about
2: that. five pound something or other, it was, I think.
1: Right. The, sto- a- the story comes full circle here because today I was walking around town, I went into the CEX, and I saw the raid there for a quid. Oh. Was much cheaper, mate. Yeah? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they, pro-
0: they probably couldn't read the subtitles. <laughs>
3: Oh, my god. oh you know, my god! Do you
0: know what like, we're talking about in the video? You know, shop, you, know, you, know you've, you know, you've made it when there's enough stock of your film <laughs> so that the price <laughs> of the drops
1: down to a pound. Like you know, you know it's like it's like oh, we I mean, we can't get rid of them for anything. We need like not even a pound fifty. Like you know, was the a lot ra- of effort in on that film? And was practice. the raid next
0: to Danny Baker's home goals and gaps?
1: <laughs> I I love you funny,
0: right? I, I'm not, right so, who knows this all?
1: Me, right and 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 my wife definitely knows this of me but um when I moved back to the u k uh from Indonesia uh, like you know, all, all all the way leading up to it I just kept buying oh v h s tapes off eBay like old x rental yeah. boxes because yeah. I get super yeah, nostalgic yeah. for the artwork and everything else yeah. blah, blah 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 i I bought danny baker's old gold <laughs> 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 I, I remember watching it with my brother and thinking this is brilliant. The only thing I haven't got right now is um, is like the best of. They think it's all over with Nick Hancock or something. Here. That's <laughs> the only thing I haven't got right now. Otherwise, I I have all of my childhood sitting in a in a in the corner of a room somewhere.
2: So I sure i got I sure I've got a couple of VH copies of the TV show This Life. If you want, them. you know, I can <laughs> oh, chuck them in the post. Oh. Remember This Life? I, 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 used to love,
1: I used to love This Life. Yeah, yeah This Life, was, and then. But before that was Our Friends in the North, which was oh, class. God. I love i would
2: got the CD soundtrack
1: of right? that. Amazing. amazing. I bought the CD of it when it came out. Yeah. I love that show. It was such a good show. Yeah, but yeah. So
0: here's amazing. a question for you, Gar. Here's a question. We, obviously, we're talking now with the V... You know, we are the VHS... Generation, yeah. Out of all of the VHS g- tapes out there, what is? I've got a couple favourite covers with artwork oh. on it. What's what, what? Like my one of my personal favourite ones is Ninja Mission, right? The cover, <laughs> I the cover, the right? The cover <laughs> promises so much. It's got. People on power boats. It's got guys with gas masks and UZIs. It's got ninjas. It's like a it's a ten year old's dream, right? The film is unwatchable. Right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I remember renting it from Valentine's Video and getting really, really excited that I Valentine's finally got it.
1: Valentine's Video, cheese as well.
0: <laughs> right, that I well, got like, it. But
1: Valentine's just one to have yeah, it was Yeah, 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 Oxy yeah. Littles. It was Curiosity yeah. in her, wasn't it? Then,
0: curiosity. Yeah. And then the Hurwen video shop. Videos, or yeah. the top video <laughs> shop as it used to be. Even oh, right. when they moved yeah. it down the yeah. bottom.
1: Okay. And then they had. What picks- was the one on the top of Parnell? It was the. It was a supermarket,
0: but it was what did it used to be it called co then? Was Leo's, it Leo's? Leo's. It was yeah. Leo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody Christ, is. We, there. Go, we go anywhere to get a video, wouldn't we? Yeah, Just right. like you travel everywhere for it. I mean, and then you had Valentine videos. You had arcade videos.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, there It was my dog trying to kick off the uh, <laughs> background there. You go back um,
2: um, <laughs> Me, me well, funny enough, when me and Hugh grew up uh in Tricanad, around the corner from us was this little tiny uh Bell Street video. Yeah, yeah. little tiny yeah, shop, yeah. Yeah, Jack used didn't he? The, we had all the film po- posters from there. Yeah. Um I remember having, and this is gospel, um when Readings of the Lost Ark came out, there was promotional postcards given to me. Right, can you imagine how much they'd be worth now
3: if I still <laughs> had them? You'd be able to retire <laughs> on the that old,
2: shit now. <laughs> the, old, the, old, the old CIC videos. Oh,
0: wow. wow.
1: Amazing.
2: Oh, my God. So, I, the, the, the posters I used to have. Oh, my
0: days. God, so come on again. <laughs> What's your favourite? What's one of, oh, one of your favourites? Not the old v favorite, because there's so many out there. But like Nick said, Ninja Mission's one of mine. What's one of yours? All right. Um, I'll give you five Come on, five, five favourites because I can't
1: then. I can't do just one it'll just drive me nuts otherwise I'll be like oh I should have said this should have said yeah. that um Sakura Killers <gasps>
0: definitely oh god yes that was special um, I, I was telling I was trying to explain Sakura Killers to some kids in school the other day Um, I don't know how it, you begin it, to do that it, it, <laughs> and how did I even manage to shoehorn it into a GCSE business studies lesson I still managed to do that <laughs>
1: It's like Peter Rabbit with ninjas, isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chuck Connors with a shotgun in his golf bag.
1: It's brilliant.
0: Um, I noticed Leighton's checked I out probably, at this point.
1: I, I, I have to. You're not going to be ready for this one. Go on, out. Um, Invasion USA. <gasps> yes!
3: Oh, man.
2: One of the, the two checks.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then, um, I mean, for me, just because it's just... Brilliant artwork. Um, evil dead Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, God, uh, police story because it meant the world to me to finally find it. Yes. Um, and I, and I, and I, I kept looking at that picture so often. And when it did come out on resale on proper like sale version, it wasn't the same artwork. No. And so then when I finally did the nerdy side of the eBay hunt, I found the palace video version of the police story release, which was great. Nice. Um, Christ, that's four. I got one more left, haven't I? No. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's a tricky one. Um, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> i it's too. I, I got so many. I don't want to do another Br- Jackie Chan thing. See. Think- um, I'm gonna say Fist of Fury. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
3: Because yeah.
1: yeah. that was always one of my favorite of his films. And I remember when we used to have the video van used to come around oh, to the top of the hill. the video van! Like this is this is this is how remote we were. We had a we had ice cream vans and video van. <laughs> and and so the video van. The best thing was you'd rent if you rented on a Tuesday. What was the point? You'd have to give it back on a Thursday. Cause they only came twice a week, but if yeah. you went on a Thursday, you'd have it all the way through till Tuesday. Yeah. And so I remember we rent out, we rent out, like, you know, I, you know, it was, they weren't really renting out many martial arts films, yeah. so we were having a pick of them all. And it was like, yeah, Fist of Fury, I remember renting out on a Thursday, and I remember you, you, you'd you pray for there to be some, you know, mechanical failure on the van, yeah. or, or, <laughs> or, or, or snow to stop him from turning up on a Tuesday just so he would have two extra days free so you wouldn't have to give it back. <laughs>
0: Do you know uh, I rented from the video van once? And it just yeah. goes to show well, that we would watch anything. I, P.O.W. with David Carradine. Hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> is, oh, my <laughs> God. It's just... It's just... See, see this, is, this is a thing, see,
1: now, right? You've got me doing this now, right? I said to you five, and then now I'm like, all oh, crap, I didn't say Robocop. Uh, I didn't say... Uh, what was that? Cobra Mission. Cobra Mission, I don't yeah. know what was. It was a that guy with so a so massive
0: much. machine gun on it. It was an Italian-Vietnam film. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is why you don't know that
1: one. This yeah. is something you know, not me. You've,
2: you've forgotten the stuff like the Bronx Warriors. Ah, oh. oh. oh, Bronx
1: Warriors yeah Commando and, Robot Jocks and, yeah Robot Jocks
2: what's, uh, what's, what's that one The Eliminators that looks like The Eliminators is
1: good and yeah it
2: looks like the greatest film ever but it's terrible and also sorry
1: sorry, last one and then i I got two, two more and then I think I'm going to have to run off and the Chinese has arrived. Nice. <laughs> I, I bet you have all your podcasts end like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's I staying in. That
1: once, once Chinese takeaways arrive, right?
0: Um, I was going to say, to, to, yes, the takeaway has arrived. <laughs> Not yeah, a certain predilection two, that he has. Gotta go for it. Exterminator. Oh.
1: oh yeah, yeah. And, and very similar design. The Wraith.
0: Oh, the race, oh, the Charlie Sheen. Film. Yes. yes,
1: yeah. Because the Wraith had the silver lettering on it. Yeah, which is yeah. Very yeah. Nice. nice. Terrible film. <laughs> terrible. terrible
0: film. <laughs> amazing soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah, you amazing soundtrack. For, you
2: can say the same for Maximum Overdrive, but oh,
0: terrible film. God. Right then, Mr. Evans. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an Absolute pleasure. Um, you oh, know, pleasure. Honestly, mine, thank you so much for being on, um, and you know, really, 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 really appreciate it. I can't wait for this to go out because honestly, my face is aching now from from laughing. Um, <laughs> nice one. So
1: uh, I, I'm looking forward to finding out just at exactly what point did the Skype call cut off? <laughs> like, you know, just how much of, of, of the amazing things I said about Dan Stevens. that it yeah. get? It, uh, and, has not come through. And you um, suddenly realise your voice
0: goes, and suddenly Dan Stevens was. <laughs> <laughs> nice talking to you, man, anyway.
1: Yeah, no, lovely guys. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it.
0: No worries. I'll speak to you soon, guy. Enjoy your Chinese.
1: Yeah, <laughs> All the best, man. ta ta-da, buddy. ta ta-da, ta-da,
0: ta-da. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Late, you still there? Yeah. There we go. He's gone now. Dude, he's gone. Yeah. We did an hour and a half there. Right, are we going to keep this little bit in? We're not, we're, uh, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep this bit in. I'll do a bit of editing around it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that went, that went pretty good, didn't it, play. Yeah, I think that was good. That was really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, what I love about, you know, speaking of Gareth is he's very, very open he's very very honest uh, he's a lot of fun and obviously yeah. like I said you know it's, it's great to sit down with like my two oldest friends and just talk talk film yeah and that was cool that
2: was really really cool yeah. and to find out <laughs> to find out he saw a copy of the rage for a pound <laughs> <laughs> Water on Blu ray, like, uh, <laughs> you can't make it up. No, you, you really, really you can't, can't make
0: it up. See, this, really is, what I, I, this is, is what happens when you put three valleys boys uh, <laughs> together <laughs> on a podcast. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks. Right. When is this looking to go out? Uh, this will probably, I'm going to try and get this out over this weekend. Oh, there we are. So I'll go out as I'm a just... bonus episode. Oh, cool. I've
2: just, well, I put an Instagram post up just, to, just before we. Uh, went on a, I didn't say anything. I just put a sign. In fact, I, this, I'm going to have to go and see my family. They they come back, right? And they've been here for an hour. I've locked them out of the living room. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at Instagram my, my 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 uh my photo that I put on there. Excellent. And, um, and I said nothing further, but
0: um, yeah, that that went really well. That All went right. really, really yeah, well. No, thank dude. you for being on, man. Thank you for coming back. That oh, great. Great right. stuff, man. Brilliant. I will speak to you soon because we'll have to record a full and proper episode very, very soon. All right, mate. Have a good one. Take care, man. Take it easy, buddy. Ciao, ciao, ciao. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our interview slash conversation or whatever that was with the wonderful Mr. Gareth Evans. Um, like I said, to be there sat with Leighton and Gareth and to get to talk about his films and just to talk about films and some, and, and reminisce about some ideas was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. So I want to thank Leighton for being on. And I want to thank Gareth for taking the time out of his extraordinary um, busy schedule. Um, really, really appreciate it. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, really, really thank you so much for being on. So that's all that's left to say in this bonus episode in the immortal words of Count Ducula. Good night out there, whatever you are.
3: This is our form cadavercast. You've been listening to the undead wokey. The bat.